The cutoff is number 11, and that story this week is this. Fox News hosts the Fed Network in live interview as Trump criticizes them for airing Biden and Obama rallies. This article, this headline posted on Tuesday, the 3rd of November, and that's basically what you get from me on this one. More details on it by going to our website, This is a conversation.com. Click the link for the news podcast. And you'll see the links for the stories that were in range, but not quite there. 11 through 15 right there on the front of the week's podcast link. But the stories you really cared about, the stories 10 through 1, the stories that really made an impact in a week that mostly was taken up by election. And some of those stories this week in the countdown were election stories. But of course, we don't know who, as of the recording of this, is the president yet, but that will be something we'll do with next week. Right now, let's get with the stories that you said were the tops of the tops, the most conversational headlines we posted this week on our conversation project on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cliff and Payne. This is for the week ending November 7th, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name, Jay Cleveland Payne. This show, the weekly wrap-up, and it's a weekly wrap-up of the news stories that we posted throughout the week, seven days a week, about every 50 minutes or so, on our social media feeds attached to The Conversation Project, found at thisistheconversation.com. Now, what is The Conversation Project? It's a website. It's a movement. It's a way of life. It's essentially a way to find out what actual stories that aren't so much stuck in the headlines, Chiron things that the major news network is stuck on and what people can actually sort of talk about if there were such a thing as a water cooler here in the age of COVID-19. Now, granted, it is a little weird that the biggest thing going on right now is the U.S. election. And essentially everything is U.S. election wise. In fact, I don't think the major networks. Well, I don't think that the cable networks have broken away from anything other than talking about the presidential election. The major networks have broken way back and forth to do some programming. But middle of the day, all day long, all you see is election stuff. And you're going to see some of those stories pop in here because, yes, we popped in various election things here as well. But those aren't the bulk of what is actually you said were conversational. You said other things were worth talking about. Other things were kind of important. Other things were more interesting. We'll get to those in just a minute. The top 10 stories counting from 10 to 1 that they are. And we also go from top to bottom. So that's the top, obviously the number one story. The bottom this week is story 198, 198 distinct different postings of news stories with one super story in the mix. We'll explain the super story aspect once we get closer to that one as well. How do we actually figure this thing out? You follow us. Yes, you follow us on social media. Go to your Google, go to your Facebook, go to your Twitter. On Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, look for This is a Conversation. We're the blue speech bubble looking thing. And as we post stories all day, all night, about every 50 minutes or so, 24-7, like them, love them, hate them, share them. The more engagement a story gets with you guys in the liking of it, the higher score it gets in the poll. Now, on Friday mornings, we go from the Friday previous to about 5 a.m. Friday then. So it's about seven days and five hours worth of stuff just in case something really big happened overnight. We put it into a spreadsheet that weighs out the Facebook and the Twitter. It gets us one big score and we rank them top and bottom. And we'll give you those in just a moment. Now, we'll also we'll give you some of the things that didn't quite make it and some reasons why as well. Uh, if you want to be a part of this thing on a grander scale, go to this is a conversation dot com slash partnerships. This is a labor of love, but it also is a labor that is labor intensive. So if you want to help us keep things going, you can go to that link and find us there. Click on any of the advertising you see in any of our products in the newsletter, 
in the podcast that we talk about here. If you see something on our website, anything there will help us with affiliate links. And the most important thing you can do is make sure you're subscribed to the podcast or sharing it if you're already subscribed with other people who are like-minded, want greater conversations. Of course, email me with anything you want to, complaints or compliments or whatever, anything in between, at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Let's get to the countdown right now, starting off the story at number 10, and that is Arizona Coyotes renounce rights to draft pick Mitchell Miller after report reveals he admitted to bullying a black teen with disabilities. Posted on Friday, the 30th of October, this story gets a bump in response. That means more people responded to this one or more engaged with this one than the last story, the number 11 story, and that's why it's number 10, by 15.56%. The source for this, USA Today, we're going to read a few lines from the story for those of you who aren't big hockey fans. I'm a hockey fan, but a casual fan. I don't keep up with the draft picks at all, but this was a story that popped up. It was pretty big with all those Basically, had to grab for what was out there with all the election stuff out there this week. So this one was big enough that you guys put it into the top 10. Let's see what, what the deal is. The Arizona Coyotes on Thursday renounced their rights to Mitchell Miller, their first draft pick of this month's NFL draft, following an Arizona Republic examination into Miller's harassment of a development, the, the developmental disabled African-American classmate four years ago. Selection of Miller, 18, and now playing hockey at the University of North Dakota, was widely criticized after Republic on Monday detailed Miller's bullying and racist taunting of Isaiah Meyer Crothers when the two were 14 years old at Sylvana, Ohio. The club issued an apology to the Myers Crothers family. Myers Crothers on Thursdays said that he took no joy in seeing Miller cut. Quote, it's unfortunate. I'm sad it had to come down to it. I wish none of this had happened, Myers Crothers said in a phone interview. There's nothing to be happy about. He's a good player and deserves being in NHL. Efforts to reach Miller were unsuccessful. His father, John, said in a brief phone interview that the family had no comment at this time. There's more to the story, so if you go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and click the link for this week's podcast, you can see all the details from that story and basically every single story that we have in the countdown, literally from 1 to 198. So you can go back and see what got missed, how close it was to not being missed, and what exactly the deal is on any story that you want to go deeper into. Story coming in at number 9 this week with a bump in response from the 10 of 6.73%. Headline, two, day, two dead, suspect arrested in Quebec City stabbings. Posted from ctvnews.ca, C-A, Canadian, of course. Sunday, the 1st of November today, we posted this one. And this, is, of course, we said is from CTV News, a Canadian news network. And this is an interesting story. We're going to read a few lines from the article that they had posted. No updates uh, since it's been posted. So this is basically how it is in static. From Quebec. Police in Quebec City say that two people are dead and five others have been injured in a stabbing rampage in the provincial capital. They say a man in his mid-20s has been arrested in connection with the Halloween night attacks and that he was taken to a local hospital for evaluation, but no information was released about his condition. Police said earlier that the five injured victims were in hospital, but they, their lives did not appear to be in danger. They did not offer any more specific information about their condition. And this because Canadian, they say they were in hospital instead of saying they were in a hospital. It's weird Canadian speak. Spokesman Etienne Doyon also declined to offer any information about these two people 
who were killed, saying only that, quote, our thoughts are with the families of the people who died today. Uh, deeper into the story, you can go by clicking the link on the website for this week's podcast, week ending in November the 7th, 2020. Uh, it goes deeper into the details that they can give. But this is um, a, a fairly, fairly polite Canadian response to what happened. There were stabbings on Halloween night in Quebec. and They caught the guys the next day. It was a big enough story to make it number nine. And we've got plenty more to go. So hang tight. At number eight, this is our only super story for the week. And we call it a super story because we add two headlines or two stories that are essentially similar or updates to themselves and give you just one of the headlines. And it keeps us from having multiple headlines kind of floating around in the ether of the countdown. Now, for this one, uh, it's pretty simple. The headline reads, earthquake hits Greece and Turkey, bringing deaths and floods. And we posted it from on Saturday the 31st, on October October the 31st, that Halloween day. And it got a bumper response together with the two of 6.31% from the number nine story. Now, what it was, was one headline was earthquake hits Turkey. A second headline said earthquake hits Greece and Turkey. So it's the same thing. So we combine the two numbers with what's going on. Essentially, this keeps a, a story from being in the top 10 and being in also rands because they were essentially just as close. It just moved it up maybe a, a spot or so because of the combinedness of the numbers. Now, the details are pretty simple. There was an earthquake this week happening on Halloween or, or basically as time works as a way out, basically the day before uh, that hit Greece and Turkey specifically and caused lots of issues, floods, um, collapsed buildings, and a lot of people going overtime to work on like, rescuing people. In fact, it's been a week and there are still people being rescued as we speak, deal, dealing with the conditions of what's going on. Rescue efforts especially are especially hard, especially in a time where seasons are changing, it's getting colder, and especially as we're dealing with COVID-19 stuff. We still have to worry about you know being too close to people and breathing on people because of COVID-19. We don't know who has it. Uh, this has been one of the things that we've definitely had our, our thoughts going out to throughout the week. I haven't heard of any new rescues lately, but they're still cleaning up from this major earthquake hitting in that region. At number seven, Hurricane Ada gains historic strength, could reach Category 5 status when it hits Central America on Tuesday. Posted on Tuesday, the 3rd of November, bump in response of 0.0 or 0.85%, 0.85%. Sometimes reading is an, is an issue, but just a slight bump up from the number eight story. And we know what we know about Hurricane Ada right now. It actually went over Central America. It was not quite a Category 5. I believe it was a Category 4 at some point. And at this moment, it is still a tropical depression, but it's making its aim for Florida. So we're going we're gonna to see what's going to happen as it expects to gain a little strength and make its way here sometime in the beginning of the next week. Ada, the 20, uh, I'm losing numbers, but these are the 26th or 28th named storm of the season. Of course, going past the the alphabet numbers, the F, the numbers from the actual alphabet and going to the Greek letters. And this is the first time since 2005 we've had this many storms pop up in the Atlantic that have, have basically been issues. Obviously, every single stor- storm was not an issue, but we had five storms hit New Orleans this year, which was uh, for, a, for, a, for pretty much nobody alive right now uh, a, a pretty serious thing. I had a friend who had to evacuate, our, our friend, um, James McDaniel had to evacuate New Orleans five times every time it came through after last year's 
flooding, he decided he's going to chicken out every single time and just make his way out of town every single time. And so uh, so he's preparing for a possible sixth if Ada decides to turn a little bit. This has been a weird year, a weird season for for hurricanes, and just kind of weird in general. I know we're all kind of tired. At number six, TikTok dancer who Ivanka Trump retreated says she meant to mock Trump. Got that from TheHill.com on Friday the 30th is the day we posted that one. Bumpy response also slight, just 0.84%, just slightly up to make that into the sixth spot. And it's just like it is. Click the link at our website so you can see the dance going on and you can see the response from Ivanka Trunk. And it's one of those weird things about the internets and the viral nature of things. If things aren't necessarily put in complete context, you don't know what's going on. There's plenty of things that popped up this week election-wise. Most of them were in some sense faked. Some of them were taken out of context that the other side, the side they were meant to ridicule, um, essentially jumped on in, in in response because it was they were obviously not meant to be what they're meant to be. And so it's 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 ridiculous how this goes now, literally, because the president lives on social media and, and retweets things all the time, sometimes n- having no idea what the context is, sometimes having complete idea of the context is and not actually caring. Uh, the family does the same. So Ivanka had this uh, retweeted this TikTok dancer was doing this Trump little thing, although the dancer was really sort of making fun of the Donald and not quite, you know, enjoying the Donald. I probably shouldn't call him the Donald. I probably should call him the president. And even though they're still counting votes, as far as I know, as I'm recording this on Saturday morning, um, may may or not still be the president. Well, he's still the president, but he may not be for much longer. So I guess we should give him his props while he earned him. Mm-hmm. And while well, he deserves them. Let's move on to the story at number five. 60 days in star Nate Burrell dead at 33 from suicide by gunshot. Sunday, the 1st of November, we posted this one. Bumpy response for that one of 2.50%. The source is from TMZ, and they actually did a pretty good job of not, in this case, not going overly TMZ-ish with it. Uh, but if you're not familiar with the show, and I wasn't, uh, Nate Burrell is a star of one of the AME docuseries, one called 60 Days In. Um, he took his life, and we got the details per the story by, from his sister, uh, giving the details of what happened. Now, going deeper into the actual story, and I don't think I actually posted a headline on this because I couldn't see a quick search to add it and to make it a super story. But essentially, he was uh, on uh, basically about to face some charges Serious level charges, and I believe they were dealing with um, some sort of um, sexual harassment type nature. I'm not going to go deeper into it because I don't have time to go pull in all the other stories. I saw other headlines and other stories on it. And so at the moment, unfortunately, I can't pull it all together. But we did know when we got the initial news of the suicide, it was a very big deal. It trended pretty quickly. I popped it in the feed and you guys responded to it. It stuck along. With some really big stories popping up in a, in the next couple of bits at number five from Sunday, listing all the way from Sunday to go this far. For more details on this story, you can go click the link in our podcast, click the link at our website for our podcast, or just do a quick search for Nate Burrell. Like I said, many people not initially familiar with the actual story, the actual sto- story he's a part on A and E, but it is a thing that it, 
suicides and famous people's suicides and quasi-famous people's suicides tend to pop a lot of attention in searches. Um, so it is something that pops up fairly often, unfortunately. Which means, unfortunately, we have to do a mention of the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And it's unfortunate because it, it gets triggered from news stories where people are committing suicide. But it's also unfortunate because the numbers of suicides is, is way too high. There may be a, it may be going down over trending times, but the fact that one person feels they don't have what it takes to live is, is a tragedy. So if you are listening to this program and you feel like you need someone to talk to, someone to bring you down from wherever that bad place is, Suicide Prevention Lifeline is there 24 hours a day, 800-273-8255. You can also go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org for online help or call one of your local agencies. Um, they have numbers on local levels to do that as well. If you are in trouble, send me a message and we can talk it out. Find someone to talk it through. If you're feeling that life is that much of a burden to you right now, I'm going to tell you right now that is not the case. Call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Call a local number. Call a friend. Call an enemy. Call somebody until somebody takes on your case because we need you here. What you're doing is more important than you think. You may feel in your mind that things aren't so great. We need you here. Let's move to the next story. The story's at number four. Anderson Silva stopped by Ira Hall at UFC Fight Night. Won't say MMA career is over. Sunday, the 1st of November again. Posted on that one. This one gets a big bump of response. And a lot of people will keeping up with that fight. 19%, 19.51% to be exact. Now, this is a story you might really want to go click on, even if you're not a big fight fan, because the the way it played out, this was a th- this was a, a a like Rocky type moment, <laughs> Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa going to going the distance. And even though Rocky didn't win in the first movie, it was a big emotional thing for that. And of course, built up for the second movie for the win and their their weird friendship after beating literally beating each other up all the time in a Rocky film. Anderson Silva tried to um, just kind of keep the distance, but he could not. Raya Hall was able to knock him out uh, as all these weird things go on in their quote-unquote fight island. Or actually, this was actually in in, in Vegas. This wasn't a a fight island event. This was in Vegas, and this was amazing because the fight had to be stopped after 90 seconds, one minute and 24 seconds into the fourth round by TKO, and it was just uh, heartbreaking for some people to watch. But, of course, Silva is not saying whether he's done yet because fighters normally don't say that, and even when they are done, they they don't say that. Go deeper into the story about checking this out. Matt uh, Ramondi wrote this up, or Mark Ramondi on ESPN wrote this one up, as we have the link up to ESPN. It's a great story, even if you're not a fight fan, but just a fan of sport, a fan of just people and struggle. It's a great story written out as it, as it is. So you should check this one out for further detail. At number three, ballots taken from mailbox in Arizona found by farm worker. Thursday, the 5th of November, this was posted with a bumper response of 16.33%. So, yes, uh, we've had an election going on in the United States all week long, essentially. And 
there are plenty of stories about weirdness in counting and ballots and things being found. And the, one of the, the, the odder parts about our election, other than the Electoral College, is that everybody complains about cheating. Literally everybody's complaining about cheating. Uh, but the, the biggest person who's complaining about cheating in this election happens to be the person who has the, the House already, the seat already, the President of the United States. And he's pre-complaining about cheating basically as for a way to say, if for some reason more people vote for me than, than vote for him than me and I lose, then obviously people cheated. So there's no proof there. This isn't proof of cheating. This is an interesting story. There are plenty of little pockets of stories of ballots being found here and there, ballots being missed all over the place, other things kind of going weird. That this is just one of them, and this one, this one for some reason piqued your interest. And it is a story where a bunch of mailboxes were found by a farm worker just on the farm someplace, and the, the it wasn't even a large amount of ballots. It was just somebody gathered a ballots, put them together, and they did not go anyplace. Click the link for the for the story to read deeper into this one and go deeper into st- all the stories like that. There are some conspiracy theorists abounds on some of these things, but for this one in particular, this was a weird one. Yes, somebody did get apprehended because something was amiss, but this is not the mass amount of voter fraud that has been advertised so far this season. In fact, there is no mass amount of voter fraud advertised this season. It's just a lot of people voting. A lot of people voting by mail and a lot of math and counting. The reasoning we believe behind the number three story being so high is because everybody was basically focused on election stuff at this point. And so they were looking for things like that posted late in the game on, on Thursday, late in the afternoon. The number two story posted in late in the evening on Thursday. And I don't have a real reason for it, but this is one that when I woke up in the next morning on Friday to start to count, this was in a number two spot. And I was extremely surprised. Mega church pastor Carl Lenz fired amidst cheating on wife. Thursday the 5th, as we said, we posted this one, a bump in response of 264.33%. That many people were more responding to that story than the story previous from it, but posted on the same day. Why? I'm not sure. Um, it's probably the popularity of Carl Lenz for people who are into the Hillsong church movement. Hillsong is a church, a, a Christian church, formed in Australia that has a lot of its workings into essentially big theater productions. Lots of singing, lots of lights, lots of big happy hallelujah type enjoyment. It's like going to a, a, a rock concert and having the spiritual experience, only that's the point is to have the spiritual experience at the rock concert when you go to church every week. Carl Lenz came from Australia to help build the Hillsong movement. In New York, and it's a massive church movement, if you're into that. And he's been fired from the church. A lot of issues, including the whole infidelity thing. I say the whole infidelity thing because that seems to be a big thing going on right now in a lot of things for big mega churches and mega church pastors. Um, I'm not going to get into moral grounds or anything like that because I save commentary for the number one story, although I break that often. But that's the basis of the story. You want to go deeper into all of the dirty laundry of the Carl Lentz family. Check, click the link for this week's podcast, and you can go deeper into this story and see how it goes. But essentially, it's what should be happening in a church when you find out your pastor is sneaking around on his wife. You fire the pastor. He'll probably come back with some other smaller venture and grow it to something that's fairly large because 
It, you know, it's just like when you fire a, a coach for, for a sporting team, you've got somebody with the experience. They just sort of screwed up the last team. So maybe they can fix your team. And, you know, because he's a great guy when he's with you and he just wasn't a great guy when he was with the other team. We will follow this one. As I said, um, I'm not um, I'm not a big Hill song follower, so I wasn't all that 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 expecting of this sort of response. It popped up in something trending. We put it in the feed and put it in the queue and waking up on Friday morning. It was at the number two spot. Now, I failed to mention when we had our, our talked about the story at number eight being a a super story that it was also the highest ranking Facebook story. So that's why it got ranked in so high. Facebook helped it get above because the Twitter was there, but not quite as high. But the Facebook basically pushed it up into where it is. The highest ranking Twitter story, because Twitter runs this thing, is normally number one, and it is number one this week. The fanfare for this story posted Wednesday the 4th, and this story gets a bump in response from the previous, from the number two story of the mega pastor being fired of 29.37%. It gets a bump in response from the number 10 story. That's for the Coyotes dropping their draft pick rights to Mitchell Miller of 675%. And from the story we call the almost relevant story of the week, the story at the very bottom, number 198 this week, we'll give you what that headline is at the moment, but it is more responsive by this, that story by 26,766%. Your headline for this story, ballots marked with Sharpie pins were not invalidated in Arizona. Let me say it again with better diction. Ballots marked with Sharpie pens were not invalidated in Arizona. There you go. So what's the deal on the ballots in Arizona with the Sharpie? Well, because, as we said for the story at number three, and we didn't make this a super story because there wasn't enough sort of fraud and and, and wanton just bad acting in the election stories to, to, to justify this. There were other ones sprinkled in between the one and 198, but... Those two popped out where they were naturally, and that's where I left them. And they popped out fairly late, if you will, because people after Wednesday were really focused on ballot counting. There was a small little thing going on in Arizona where some people, because they do paper ballots there, they didn't use a pencil, they didn't use a pen, they used a Sharpie to make a black mark on the dots. And they made the black marks on the dots, and they ran it through. But someone put out the message that, Because they were done in Sharpie, the computers couldn't read it. And that was untrue. Now, there is is actually some sort of semblance of a reason for being wary about making sure things are done right and being a bit bit suspicious and making sure that things are actually done to the letter of the law. Some of the stuff is just mass confusion and mass craziness. And as we said, the current president of the United States saying what he can to make people a little leery of what's happening in the election process, because if for some reason the election process has him not being chosen as the leader, he needs something to basically fight that. And basically he's just said they're, they're going to cheat. They are cheating. Look, watch them cheat. This is not a cheating thing. In fact, this was not an issue at all because the ballots in Arizona that were done in Sharpie, went through the system and got counted. There, there may be other ballots that may have issues, but these were fine. As I record this on the 7th of November, 
as far as our as far as the recording is started, we don't have a notion of who the actual president of the United States is. I may actually make a quick check at the end of the show and see if, if there's something there that's been counting forever. And still, there are recounts. There will be revalidations, and it won't be certified and official for another week or so anyway. Let the process work. America has the greatest system of electing people ever, 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 even as screwed up as it is. And even as weird as electoral college is, most of that stuff can be blamed on Thomas Jefferson. If the times need a changing, then we need to focus on changing it for the good, for all of us for the good, and not just because one party thinks it's better than the other. Yes, the the popular vote last time in 2016 made it all weirded out. And yes, this time we're looking at Joe Biden with a large popular vote lead. Uh, and, and if he loses the election by electoral college, it will look kind of kind of weird. But we have to address that because that is the issue, not because our guy lost or it could keep our guy from winning next time. Let the election process work. It's supposed to be slow. It's supposed to be a little bit frustrating. I mean, we could go to some of the countries over in the Middle East and, you know, uh, mark a piece of paper, dip our fingers in ink and then shoot our guns into the air when all is said and done. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's do it the way we have it going on and keep it going. We can argue about the Electoral College. We can argue about how delegates are, are boasted, yay or nay. But people show up. There are so many people that early voting is a thing. There are so many people that voting by mail should be a thing and it should be extremely easy to find a way to make your voice be heard in something this important. The fact that some people are known for making it really, really hard to let something the average citizen is given by being in citizen and being average is ridiculous. And oh, by the way, if you are one of the a uh, third of people in the United States that didn't vote and were actually registered to vote and had no reason like being affirmed or or just having no access to anything to go vote. Then whoever wins this thing, we find out coming up. I don't want to hear you complain about it, period. So, uh, yeah, I, I said that. So let's say a couple things about what happened this week and then give you the almost relevant story of the week. And then actually, I think we do have an update on the count for the presidency. So we'll go ahead and get that in there so that we are still relevant when this thing gets published later in the day. So this, like I said, there was one super story at number eight. It basically combined uh, headlines on the earthquake in Greece and Turkey. So more or less, those stories are in their same spot. That That's all there. The engagement for the top story this week, the top story had 13%, 13.55% of all of the engagement for the entire countdown from the entire listing from top to bottom this week. The top 10 took over 41.06%. So it actually jumped up this week, mostly because of these later stories that got all this big response. The mega church story at number two got a uh, engagement of 10.5%, 10.48%, which is usually way, way higher than it normally is. No, mostly that story is about 5 to 6%. And of course, the top story so much higher. The stories that are also ran, stories that didn't quite make it in, including our cutoff of the Fox News having to defend themselves for for um, basically showing Biden and Obama stuff on the news station to President Trump, who doesn't quite understand those things. That was about 6.93%, maybe 1% or 2%. But if you could round it up to 7, 
maybe 3% higher than, than it normally is, but it's election stuff and all those things have a lot of things popping in there. There's a lot of stories that you need to check out at our website that didn't quite make it that are very, very interesting that say for the mega church story and the, the a couple ballot stories probably would have been bigger stories this week. And the story at the very bottom 0.05% engagement. That's how engaging the story, which is of course 26,766 less engaging than the story at number one is the headline. Worker realizes someone's living in the telephone pole he's supposed to replace. We got it from the Dodo. We thought it was at least killing up, cool enough to put it in there. You guys didn't. Here's some details from the story. The other day in Brazil, electrical worker Jolson Brites Anutes was asked to remove a rotting wooden telephone pole and replace it with one made of concrete. While setting out on the task, however, Atundes realized the old wooden pole was more than just a pole. It was a home. Near the top of the pole, Atundes discovered a wild toucan had hollowed out a place to build a nest and was caring for her chicks inside of it. Since tearing down the pole would mean the bird family would be displaced, the electrical worker decided to get creative. When the author- or an authorization of his employer, under the authorization of the employer, Atundes carefully put a, cut a portion of the wood pole containing their home and secured it to the new one in the same spot. And you can see pictures of it if you go to the website where he took pictures and it's on Facebook and it's all cute. Basically, he put up a new pole because the old pole could not stand anymore. And he just basically strapped that nest to that pole. So the birds did not have to leave. Everything is safe. Everything is kind of wonderful. This one, I would not expect it to be a top 10 story, but at the very bottom, apparently we all have no hearts and we can blame the presidential election for that. And with that, thank you so much for joining us for the ride. We've gone from top to bottom from one to 198 and showed you what stories you said were really, really good to talk about and what stories you said were not worth the effort. Thank you for that as well. Uh, It's a labor of love, but it's a labor that is a labor. So if you want to help us out with keeping, keeping things going, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships and see about how you can partner up with us via Patreon or other factors to help keep the thing going on, literally help keep the lights on. You can also just visit one of our sponsors, either via our website or any link we have on any of our projects that we get a bit of affiliate projects from that. The most important thing you can do is make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and, of course, sharing with friends and family so that more people are getting the podcast. And actually, there's one more thing that's actually even more important than all that. That's essentially following along and engaging and telling us what stories are the best and aren't so the best. Follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. On Twitter, TH underscore conversation. The more you engage with the stories, the higher the scores they get and the better chance they have of being talked about here on this program. Every single week we are in the works of what's going on right now. And we know, we know, we know we'll have some of this going on because breaking news, the AP has called it for vice president Joe Biden. So minus the suing and the recounts or whatever, Joe Biden is about to get the work being started on being the 46th president of the United States. He's been trying that one for a long time. So good luck on your future endeavors, Joe. And uh, good luck because you're good spirits on President Donald Trump in his future endeavors as well. As we said, the suing now begins and the recounts now begin because then this thing won't be certified for about two weeks, but we believe 
for the AP that President Joe Biden will be President Joe Biden come January 21st. With that, I'm going to say thank you for all you guys for listening in for the podcast and contributing as well. We are as we have one story in in the in the can that I'm pretty sure is going to be a top ten story or something similar to it will be. We'll see what else makes it along with it on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne on next week. So we'll do this again next week.